This is the True To You podcast, your very own work bestie. Each week, we come together for honest conversations about reinventing yourself and your career, all while navigating a path towards meaningful work. I'm your host, Ruby Marsh. Let's do this. Hello there, friends. So nice to be here with you today recording another teaching episode of the True to You podcast. Next week, we'll re- be returning to the interview format, and I've got a great interview. I'm very excited to share this one with you. It's, it's an episode that will knock the socks off you. This woman is a business coach based in the US, and she's very, very savvy, very dialed in on her beliefs around what it takes to build a service-based business. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be really, really good. Today, we're going to have a conversation about the thoughts in your head. Actually, three beliefs that might be holding you back, holding you back from advancing in one area of your career or my area of passion, which is small business. But first, a little story for context, a little story about a book that I read that had me wake up to some of these beliefs myself. 2014, the year that I was married and the year that my love and I moved to Melbourne. It was also the year that this particular book called Playing Big was released by Tara Moore. As a coach, Much of what I support women with draws parallels on my own journey of leaping out of the world of architecture and landing in coaching several years later. So being able to learn from both your mistakes, learn from your successes, allows me to be able to fast track the process of building a business for women. My hope is that everything that I've learned I can teach you in a much shorter period of time, (laughs) get you results in a much shorter period of time. When I got my hands on playing big, I absolutely devoured it. And I think the reason I devoured it was because I had so many aha moments in this book. There was so many parallels between my life and the lives of the women that she described in this book. And I know why this is so important. It's so important because... When you are a coach or when you are a teacher or when you are a leader of a small business or of a team, we have an abundance of information. We can consume a lot. We can listen. We can read. And when you have that responsibility of teaching others or coaching others or leading others, it's really important that you actually take what you learn and apply it to your life and test it. 
and then actually go out and teach it. Because what I've learned in particular from this book, Playing Big, is that when I was able to see those parallels between my life and what she was describing in this book and then be able to apply some of those changes in particular the beliefs that we're about to talk about today I know that I had really lived that experience and it's so much easier to authentically coach or teach women from a place of authenticity And it comes out, right? You can tell when someone knows what they're talking about when they've actually lived it. In today's episode, I'm not going to share a thousand beliefs. I'm just going to share the three core beliefs that I hear holding women back from taking that next leap in their business. Now, some of these beliefs came up in Tara's book and some I have also come across myself personally. So she doesn't describe these ones exactly. These are ones that I have have heard time and time again, whether it be simply starting out, if that is you, if you're on, on the cusp of that change, of that leap of launching, or maybe you're deciding you're going to double down on the clients that really matter to you. Maybe you're going to build your audience or invest time in creating credibility. These beliefs that I'm about to share with you, these three core beliefs, they have the potential to stop you if you're not careful. They will stop you in your tracks hard and fast. Now, you might notice as I describe these beliefs that they have caused you to take similar actions or or not take action, or you might be on the other side of those beliefs now and you're nodding in agreement, and you say, oh, I remember when that used to hold me back. So wherever you are, stay with me and listen to this because these are so important. If you can work through these three beliefs, my my belief is that you can work through any process of up-leveling in your life, particularly up-leveling in your small business. Now, the first fear, the first belief is this fear of being exposed. You could call this imposter complex if that's a term that you're familiar with. It's a term that I know is talked about in a lot of podcasts and books these days. So uh, we can call this imposter complex if you like. But what you'll notice is that when you feel this, you feel afraid, you feel as if you're not good enough, you don't know what to say, you don't believe that you're qualified for that job or for that position or to start that business. And probably the biggest thing that you'll hear yourself saying is, what if they find out? What if they find out about me? What if they find out the real truth? Now, When we experience these thoughts and feelings, it often leads to us polishing and perfecting the back end of our business or it could be polishing and perfecting the resume but never actually applying for the job or the LinkedIn profile. So doing all of the background work rather than putting your idea out there, rather than submitting your resume and getting the feedback that you need to progress learning from that feedback because that is so key. So what I've noticed is that when we feel this feeling of imposter complex, this fear of being exposed, it stops us from showing up imperfectly. 
it stops us from showing up full stop but even just showing up as we are with what we have whether that be on social media and sharing our message or showing up and connecting with our dream clients or customers to really truly understand their struggles we make it so much about what we feel and believe about ourselves that we miss out on that beautiful opportunity to connect We often find ourselves investing time, like I said, in the back end of things, investing time and money in things like a new website, a photo shoot, or believing that we'll be magically confident on video when we wake up tomorrow. And so we wait for tomorrow for days and days and days and days before we do our first IGTV. We believe that Ticking all of these boxes and having all of these background things in place helps our confidence. And sometimes these things are necessary, but they don't have to be as as complex or involved as we make them out to be. What I notice is that this belief of imposter complex or fear of being exposed, it shows up most powerfully for us when we're going from zero to one, when we're going from having no clients to our first client, when we go from never having done the IGTV to doing the first IGTV, taking that first leap because it feels like we're leaping into the unknown. We don't know how people are going to respond. We don't know how people are going to react. And that response and that very feedback is what we need to progress. But we are also fearing it so much at the same time. Now, this nasty little voice that holds us back and keeps us hiding is interesting for women because I think there is a a key evolutionary part of this conversation that's probably not talked about a lot but it's something we are having to change an evolutionary way of being we're having to evolve out of something that we have experienced or done or believed for probably thousands of years so evolutionarily speaking what I think is that this thought is about protecting ourselves because once upon a time and probably not that long ago might I add we're probably going back a hundred years we needed to fit in to survive we needed to be like to survive we needed to protect our place in our community and we needed to have security provided by others to survive in the last hundred years though this part of our evolution is shifting. Women are holding their own. Women are running companies. Women are running countries even. And we're earning enough to support ourselves. We're no longer reliant on that external environment, that external feedback. Yet we are still carrying this fear and we're still carrying this belief. While this imposter complex is likely to be the leftover of thousands of years of being reliant on the external world's opinion of us, today it means we stop betting on ourselves. We stop betting that we have what it takes, that we have everything that we need. And we still look to everyone else, we still look to the external world to determine whether we are enough. One of the most powerful things I've seen help 
us as women move through this feeling and move through this belief is getting really clear, really sound, really grounded in what our greatest strengths and what our greatest skills are. So letting go of all of the things that you're okay at, that you're pretty good at, but really honing in on those greatest strengths and skills and capitalizing on them, right? When you take action and capitalize on something that you know to be so powerfully true about yourself, it's a lot easier to take action and get feedback and see results. Because This is evidence that you are freaking fantastic already, as you are. You don't need to wait till you're Beyonce or till you're a Jacinda Ardern to get started. Because that train, if you're waiting to become one of those two ladies, that train might be a long time coming. (laughs) Even when you're in the early days of your business... What I would say in terms of these strengths, knowing what they are, knowing what's really, really great about you, what I would call sits in your zone of genius, is begin to communicate the way you know best. I mentioned earlier the example of getting on social media, the example of filming an IGTV or filming a YouTube video, because these days it's not 99% guaranteed that you need to be on social media, you need to be creating videos to run a successful business, but it certainly does help build awareness and build trust, right? So that's a form of communication when you're doing that. And what I say to my women is communicate in the way that you know best. If you communicate best in writing, then write. If speaking's your thing, then speak. If drawing is your way of communicating, then draw. But you need to double down on this. This is about doubling down on your communication strength. Just like I said before, really clearly understanding what those key strengths, what your zone of genius is. If this belief of being found out, of being a fraud, of fear of exposure, which for a lot of us comes when we are communicating parts of ourselves, our story, our journey, what makes our business incredible, then what we need to do is double down on those strengths. So like I said, if writing is your thing, then write. If speaking is your thing, speak. If you work better through drawing or another medium, then use that medium to communicate. But don't let that belief of imposter complex stop you. Okay, <laughs> I got a little fired up around that one, didn't I? Are you ready for the next delicious, I mean devilish, the devilish thoughts that stop us? The next one is, I need to get more qualifications first. This is similar to before, this before that scenario I need to do this before I can start this. You've probably heard yourself say that more than once, I'm sure. And being a coach, I am a forever student myself because my own awareness and my own understanding of my thoughts and beliefs, processing those, 
and then choosing new ones and then taking action on them allows me to continually help my clients through that process as well. If I'm not in the work, I can't help them do it. And so what you'll realize in that, in this uh, belief of I need to get more qualifications first, is that we can often get stuck in that learning phase. We can often get stuck in that processing phase. We can get stuck in that uh, study phase, studying ourselves, studying what we need to do. And though that's an important part of who I am and allows me to double down on the things I want to teach my clients, I also need to know when to draw the line, when to draw the line and say, I know enough, it's time to take action. And there's one thing that my husband, John, likes to remind me when I get into into this phase of lots of learning, lots of reading, lots of Amazon parcels coming to the door with new books. He reminds me of this. He says, I think Tony Robbins dropped out of his NLP class and look where that got him. Whether you're a TR fan or not, the point of this is, is that Yes, he dropped out and maybe he didn't finish, but he got out there. First and foremost, he got out there and he started connecting and he started practicing his craft. Maybe he got other qualifications on the on, along the way. I know he certainly learned from some really key mentors, but that didn't stop him from practicing his craft, right? So you need not worry This is a simple example, okay? Tony Robbins is one one example. And like I say, you, you don't have to love the guy, but it's an analogy for putting down the books and getting going. I'm not suggesting that not studying is not important because there are times where it would be negligent to not have certain qualifications. I know that. I've been an architect and you can be suit up to your eyeballs if you don't have all the paperwork in order and things like that. So I I understand negligence. I'm simply questioning whether you can't uh, not start something now, even if you are still studying. Are there skills that you could acquire through on-the-job experience? So maybe you don't even need to study. Maybe you could get your experience on the job and learn as you go. Are you forgetting that there's certain things that you might have been doing your whole life, but because you don't have that piece of paper, then you don't believe that you're credible, that you're good enough? You might be that woman that has been designing or drawing her whole life as a form of therapy. I've had clients like that, that they use their art as a form of therapy and then they wanted to go out and work in that space. Or maybe it's been a hobby for you and you're actually really brilliant at it. Shouldn't that 20 years of practicing that hobby or practicing that skill count for something? Is there not value in that? In her book, Tara Moore, she is that she noticed this pattern in very intelligent, capable women that they would say to themselves, oh, I can't do that because I need to get this qualification first or I need another degree or I think I need to finish this first. It's easy to learn. It's really comfortable to learn. And what Tara noticed amongst these women is that they believed that clutching that piece of paper 
at the end of their year of study or three years of study, they believed that that was the thing that would transform their thoughts from fear to certainty, from fear to confidence that they had what it takes to do the thing. But on the other side of the coin, if they chose to play bigger right now, that was extremely uncomfortable for them. So on one side, you've got this waiting for a period of time, waiting it out for this piece of paper, for this qualification to believe that you're going to be comfortable at that point and confident versus taking action right now. Whatever that looks like for you, that might that action might be starting a podcast while you're studying. I'm not saying to give up on the study or anything like that. Like the evolutionary uh, belief that we couldn't be exposed because if we were exposed, it would hurt our place in our community and in our circle and compromise our security. You've got to realize that this belief that we need to get more education, more qualifications, do more study, that's a direct reflection of what, probably 15 years of study that we have as as a young child. Our schooling model, you know, rote learning, think memorizing your times tables, and this expectation that for most of us we'll jump from high school into university of college has us believe that this linear path is the only option. What we have modeled for us right from the first day of primary school is that we need to continue to take this linear path and to do X before Y before Z, right? Okay. And that that's the only option. So if you have this belief, that's completely okay because it's probably not not your fault that you believe that. That's what society has us believe. And as you'll hear from the many women on this podcast, they have all had very different routes to get to where they are today. They've all had very different journeys and most of them haven't taken a linear path. So what's important here is to question whether you think you should do something, whether that is coming from a societal belief, from an external belief. And if you think it is a should, then whether that thing is true to you, right? So everything that this podcast comes back to is about helping you to move in a path in a direction that is leading you to meaningful work, but a path that ultimately is true for you. So as I'm sharing with you these beliefs, maybe you've got to take a moment and just say, is this a belief that is getting me the result that I want? Is this belief really true to me? Or what do I feel in my body when I hear what Ruby is telling me? Okay, you ready for it? This is the final one, and this is the final belief that I hear most commonly in my work. Goes a little something like this. I've got so many ideas, I keep starting and stopping. I keep changing my mind, and what this does is it makes me doubt I've got what it takes. Oh, doesn't that just, oh, 
makes me feel so uh, just sad, you know, self-doubt. That's a pretty, that's a pretty big thing to experience. Now, I'm a fan of experimentation. I'm a fan of projects and I'm a fan of testing ideas because this is a creative process when we take this more lighthearted, fun attitude to our work and we we can break it down into little experiments. Did this work? Did it not work? Did they love it? Like what's the feedback and then growing something from that process? And I think this is super healthy for us. I think having this sort of attitude to our work is really healthy because creating gets us out of that endless cycle of consumption. It probably gets us out of that endless cycle of needing to have more uh, letters behind our name, more degrees, more qualifications. Because the cycle of consumption is something that we unknowingly get trapped in. We can pick up our phone and we have options to Google it. We have an option to jump on a social media platform. We have an option to send a message, to listen to a podcast. And we're continually, continually consuming, consuming, consuming. And so the opposite of consumption is to create. But at a certain point, we need to ask ourselves, is all of this consumption that we're doing creating clarity for us right how often have you said whoa my I've got so many ideas in my head I just don't know which one to go with I listened to this podcast the other day and they told me this and then this morning they told me to do this and it could be around the same subject but you're getting 20 different opinions on what you should do because you've been consuming 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 So at a certain point, you need to ask yourself, is this creating clarity for me or is this having me end up more confused and therefore perpetuating that belief and doubt that you've got what it takes? If you feel like you fall into this trap of stopping and starting or inconsistency often, one thing you can ask is, what am I not clear on here? What am I not clear on that has me default to consumption? It's a really good question to ask yourself. Am I not clear on who my ideal clients are? Am I not clear on where my greatest value lies? Am I not clear on what specific services I need to offer that are in line with my greatest value? Could I not offer 10 million things and just offer one or two really powerful things and put a premium price on them? Scary, right? But it's a really great question to ask yourself. What am I not clear on here? And clarity, once you get that clarity, that clears up the self-doubt. If you jump back into episode 34 of the podcast, I interviewed a beautiful woman who also happened to be a past client. And this is a conversation with Kendall Dodson. She's the owner of a great little business called These Golden Days. Now, this business helps immerse young children in sensory play. But part of what we talked about was how we refined her business, how we streamlined her focus and actually ended up amalgamating two businesses into one direction that really lit her up. Once we did that, 
she just she was lighter she was happier and she head down went for it the other clarity question that I would ask myself here is do I have a vision or plan or at least some goals in place that I can return to when I feel like I'm drifting off the path, when I feel like I'm over-consuming and doubt is starting to kick in. Even as a creative woman who loves the freedom to create, I also know that that's only one side of me and that I need to balance that with goals and with a plan and with a vision because when I have those things in place they naturally create stability they naturally create safety and they allow me to go out and experiment and try these different things but then come back to something like my north star right a lack of clarity or direction if any of you are experiencing that right now or if you've ever experienced periods of that it is It's overwhelming and we can get caught up in all of those shiny objects. You will have heard of that concept, shiny object syndrome. Because we don't have this clarity or direction, our mind goes off in a million different places searching for the answers. But when we just choose a path, even if it's for a short period of time, even if we say to ourselves for the next 28 days, for the next 90 days, I'm going to commit to this, it gives us a sense of purpose. And that sense of purpose is energy giving. It helps to eliminate the exhaustion and the overwhelm. And we all know that energy is needed to grow our ideas and grow our dreams and grow our small businesses. Oh my gosh, that was a good episode. That was so much fun to put together. And I really hope that as I was sharing that, you were able to maybe reflect on your journey, maybe look at where you are right now, maybe see some ways that you could find some clarity to reduce the overwhelm, find some ways to get started now whilst you're still studying or whilst you're still learning something in ways that you can understand that that feeling that you get of being a fraud imposter complex being shown up that perhaps that's actually not something that you need to have stop you anymore because that's an old belief there's plenty of evidence around you of women kicking ass and doing exactly what you want to do. There's plenty and plenty of evidence of that for you to realize that you have what it takes. Okay. I just want you to believe that. I love this topic. I love being able to support you through this, support you through shifting your beliefs. I really, really appreciate you listening today. And if you have any questions on this, if you'd like any further support, Make sure you send me a DM on Instagram. That's where I love to hang out. Or you can send me an email. My email address is hello at rubymarsh.com. And we'll find a way to get you into action. We'll find a way to help you move through those things. Okay, talk to you next week, my friend. I'm very excited to bring this interview to you next week. Have an amazing, amazing day. Bye for now.